the seeming process of awakening isn't about attaining anything. It isn't about getting to a certain state, having certain perceptual changes or experiences. The totality recognizes itself as just being that already naturally. This noticing of what's true already seems to be the product of subtraction of ideas, seeing through beliefs, seeing through assumptions, and recognizing what's already the case. It's recognizing that what was veiling truth was the assumptions that you as life were layering on top of it. Awakening and recognition isn't the addition of an experience, the addition of finally having something, or finally attaining a certain state. It's the willingness to put down a previously insisted upon position, a belief. The pointer, the seeker never wakes up, is absolutely true, because awakening doesn't happen or unfold for someone. It doesn't happen to or for an apparent individual that's on an enlightenment journey. The recognition of truth, of the truth of what you are and the truth of what you're not, appears for life itself. There's only this. Once that's recognized, this softening of ignorance, dissolving of assumptions and beliefs, can unfold in a much more easeful and playful manner. It's not the goal for truth to know itself as just beauty or just love, compassion, all these clarity, all these um, qualities that we feel like we need more of. They're already here. These qualities are what this, what you are made of. Or it could be said, perhaps more accurately, these qualities are made of you. And so if it seems like, you know, the life that I'm living is missing something, there's not enough contentment here. There's not enough ease, not enough peace. That yearning for those qualities comes from the sense of separation. I need to be in bliss all the time because then I will be complete. Then life will be worth living. Then I will have the life that I want. But the life that you are wants this exact moment. The life that you are wants this exact texture of experiencing that's happening right now. The life that you are is deeply in love with every expression of itself. It wants to know itself this way, this way, this way. This apparent process continues as this infinite unfolding of consistently rec recognizing that this experiencing is enlightenment itself. It is enlightenment, it's made of enlightenment. You are enlightenment. True nature, what you are, can recognize itself, can come home to itself where it's always been. Just loosen your grip 
on what you think you know, and you'll discover this felt sense of experience that's deeply and non-conceptually known. There's only authenticity. There's only the actuality of this. There's only life. Every texture is it. Every experience is made of truth. You're listening to the Non-Duality Podcast. This is Nick Hyam from thewholenessofexperience.com. Joining me for this episode is Bodan Harrick, whose website is thisiscelebrating.com. The very nature of your present experience, no matter how it seems, no matter what you're experiencing, is wakefulness, is awareness. This is an absolute awareness that you can't switch on, that you can't switch off. It's your true nature, a nature that you cannot become because you always are, no matter what. The so-called awakened life doesn't look or feel any certain way. It's simply recognised that whatever is arising is in essence the totality of reality appearing that way for as long as it arises. So this pathless path we attempt to describe is not about reaching a state. It's about recognising the stateless state of truth, of reality, of awareness. Now, what you truly are is not reality, it's not awareness. It's none of these words. We just use these words as pointers. What you truly are is what you already are. You don't have to become anything. This is not about expanding consciousness, although it can seem like that. As ignorance dissolves, as contraction softens, it can seem as if consciousness is expanding. It can seem that way. But in reality, consciousness is unlimited. And consciousness is always awake. So what you, consciousness, truly are, is always switched on, so to speak, and doesn't have to wake up, doesn't have to be turned on through some special mechanism, through some magic trick. The awakened life can look and feel anyway. This is not about reaching some special state that is sustained forever. It's simply known that whatever is here is only the totality of reality. Now, in a relative sense, that does have implications. The deeper qualities of life are revealed. You know, the deeper qualities like contentment and joy and ease, they are revealed, but they're not grasped onto. When you experience quality for example clarity it's because the confusion which is like a distorted version of clarity it's because that has softened and the truth of clarity is revealed but it's not like you have to try to hold on to that state you recognize that you don't need to hold on to any state because the same 
Nature is found in both confusion and clarity. Confusion, which is kind of like a distortion, it's a fragment of truth, but not the fullness of truth that has arisen and it's not final. As the poet Rilke wrote, no feeling is final. He wrote a poem called Go to the Limits of Your Longing. In it, he writes, God speaks to each of us as he makes us, then walks with us silently out of the night. These are the words we dimly hear. You, sense out beyond your recall, go to the limits of your longing, embody me, flare up like a flame, and make big shadows I can move in. Let everything happen to you, beauty and terror. Just keep going, no feeling is final. Consciousness is creative, and it creates a sense of self, a transient sense of self, to which it speaks, with which it walks. Yet there is no duality, because there is only consciousness, appearing as a sense of self, as, a, as an individual. Consciousness can appear as a state, a feeling, any feeling. But consciousness is that awake essence that powers both beauty and terror. The quality beauty, which is a deeper quality of what you are, and also the distortion terror, they are both transient expressions, transient experiences that come and go. No feeling is final. But the the truth of beauty, the truth of terror, which is consciousness or awareness or reality, that remains. No feeling is final, no state is final, but the truth behind every feeling, every state is changeless, eternal, unbounded. Like you said, the seeming process of awakening, recognition, realization, this noticing that you are the home you've never left, isn't about attaining anything. It isn't about getting to a certain state, having certain perceptual changes or experiences. It really isn't about how the texture of experiencing appears at all. It isn't dependent on certain frameworks or notions of what life will be like for life when life recognizes that it's not limited to the appearance of thought the appearance of a body, the appearance of an unfolding of an apparent individual's life, when the totality recognizes itself as just being that already naturally, not through some ecstatic experience or pressure cooker way of engaging with the practice 
through intense efforting, this noticing of what's true already seems to be the product of subtraction of ideas, seeing through beliefs, seeing through assumptions, and recognizing what's already the case because of that process of subtraction. And it's not doing something for subtraction to happen. It's recognizing that what was veiling truth was the assumptions that you as life were layering on top of it. Awakening and recognition isn't the addition of an experience, the addition of finally having something, or finally attaining a certain state. It's the willingness to put down a previously insisted upon position, a belief. And what is it that seemingly puts that position down? What is it that seemingly relaxes into what's already the case, releasing the clenched fist of, it has to be this way, or I know it's this way. I know I'm this, I know I'm that. As they say in recovery, self-knowledge avails us nothing. What is it that stops efforting or relaxes its grip? Well, given that the sense of a someone, the sense of separation isn't actually there to begin with, it has to be the aliveness that you are the already whole, present, radiant, verbing of life that you are, that loosens its grip. The pointer, the seeker never wakes up, is absolutely true, because awakening doesn't happen or unfold for someone. It doesn't happen to or for an apparent individual that's on an enlightenment journey. The recognition of truth, of the truth of what you are and the truth of what you're not, appears for life itself, this awakeness itself. If it seems like I feel stuck in this process of awakening, I'm not living the life that I want. These textures of experience aren't meeting my preferences. Look closer at what it is that has those preferences. Is that really you? The process of unbinding can happen forever, and it does happen forever, but it can feel like a dog chasing its tail when it's engaged from the perspective, from the belief that I'm somebody that needs to get somewhere. 
But when it's recognized that there's only oneness, and so this whole process of trying to recognize the truth of myself, it has to be oneness, wholeness, presence, awakeness that is undergoing that journey, that is undergoing that endeavor. And once it's recognized that it, it can't be other than that, that the idea of somebody trying to merge with the absolute, somebody trying to become what they've already been, always been, that that is a fallacy. That's not possible because there's only this. Once that's recognized, this softening of ignorance, dissolving of assumptions and beliefs can unfold in a much more easeful and playful manner. And that's when these qualities that you were talking about, you know, they tend to be a, a byproduct, a affirmation of sorts of this true seeing, by seeing. It's not the goal for truth to know itself as just beauty or just love, compassion, all these clarity, all these um, qualities that we feel like we need more of. They're already here. These qualities are what this, what you are made of. Or it could be said, perhaps more accurately, these qualities are made of you. And so if it seems like you know, the life that I'm living is missing something. There's not enough contentment here. There's not enough ease, not enough peace. That yearning for those qualities comes from the sense of separation. I need to be in bliss all the time, because then I will be complete. Then life will be worth living. Then I will have the life that I want. But the life that you are, once this exact moment, the life that you are, once this exact texture of experiencing, that's happening right now. The life that you are, the awareness that you are, the awakeness that you are, is deeply in love with every expression of itself. It wants to know itself this way, this way, this way. So, if these qualities of peace, contentment, joy shine in experiencing, shine within you, don't hold on to that appearance. 
take it as this is just kind of the byproduct of some of the the dust that was on the mirror of my radiance has just fallen away a little bit. I'm perhaps engaging with myself more authentically, more genuinely. I'm being honest. I'm being open. I'm willing to loosen my grip on what I thought I knew. I'm willing to recognize that I truly cannot be limited in any way. And so as this apparent process continues as this infinite unfolding of consistently recognizing that this experiencing is enlightenment itself. It is enlightenment. It's made of enlightenment. You are enlightenment. And that a primary reason why that might not seem like that's the case is because you are holding on to ideas of this is what this is. I know it's this way. I know that I am this person that lives in this world that can be defined by all these different descriptions. And therefore I know how it should be. I know how it's not. And because of that, I know that there's something wrong here. I know that something has to change. I know that something's missing. But when you're recognizing the truth of what you are as life itself, as presence, as awakeness, awareness, and none of those labels capture any of that, any of what you are. Authentic seeing is categorized more by what I don't know. I don't know what I am. I know that I am. There is a sense of being. There is this fullness. There is this aliveness. What it is, I can't say. But it must be what I am as life. And that's where that softening is. The softening that unveils these qualities. The character, the individual, the personal false self does not have a true nature. But true nature, what you are, can recognize itself, can come home to itself where it's always been. Just loosen your grip on what you think you know, and you'll discover this felt sense of experience that's deeply and non-conceptually known. Yes, the seeker never wakes up. The seeker is an experience. It's not an experiencer. The seeker experience cannot experience. It can only be experienced by you, by what you are, whatever you may be. Like you said, it's impossible to say what it is that you are, but the suchness that you are is it's self-evident, self-shining, isn't the product of 
some other source, but is the source for every experience, including the seeker experience or the individual, the ego experience. And like you said, the life that you are wants this exact experience. It wants to experience what it's like to be a seeker, to seek itself, because that's all that's happening. There's only ever life in love with itself, exploring its unlimited potential. Now that's a, it's a pointer. No pointer is absolute, so don't take it in the literal sense. Use it as a pointer and use it as a way to explore your experience. Could it be that this very moment is life exploring its potential? Oh, but I feel limited. You feel limited because you are fixating on an experience. You're fixating on an identity, on a self-concept. Why are you fixating on this identity, on this self-concept? Because you, reality, have chosen to do so. It's not a mistake. It's just a point of focus, a point of attention. It's just a perspective. And no perspective is sustainable, actually. No perspective lasts. No state remains. You are life. You are reality. You are the totality. You are the wholeness of experience. The mother of experience. Giving birth to this. To exactly this. But this is not what it seems like. It's not as it seems on the surface in the superficial sense. This, this is the source. This experience is not projected from the source and detached from the source. Each experience is only the source. Therefore, to call it a source makes no sense. The very nature of each experience is experiencing. So when I say that, I, I, I'm simply saying, you know, like, for example, the experience of this chair is only experiencing in that all I find when I tune into this chair experience are sights, sounds, smells, and so on. I only find the sensing, the process of sensing, which is experiencing. So the nature of each experience is experiencing and experiencing is consciousness. And for whatever reason, and maybe there are no reasons, but for whatever reason, when it's recognized what the nature of experience is, the deeper qualities are unveiled. The bliss, the beauty, the peace, the contentment, the playfulness, the ease. But they are, like you said, byproducts. They're not a prize, they're not the goal, they're not something to identify with, to add to your sense of self. It's almost like turning around and staring into the sun ray and noticing, recognizing 
realizing the source, the sun. So the sun has infinite rays, using the sun as a kind of metaphor now, a metaphor for self, true self, the only self. The sun that you are has infinite rays, infinite qualities, bliss, beauty, peace, contentment, playfulness, ease are just some. The rays are never apart from the wholeness of the sun. They are expressions of the wholeness. So there is only oneness. But it seems as if like we can journey away from the sun as the radiance because we can also be the radiance of the sun as well as the sun itself. We are both the sun and the sun ray. But it seems as if you can journey away from the sun and find yourself at the an apparent end of the sun ray, not that there are any ends. But it seems as if you can find yourself at an, an end and where there's darkness, where light seems to be limited, where there's contraction, heaviness, density, effort instead of ease, where there's conflict instead of peace. But like I said, if you turn around, which is to say inquire, tune into experience, if you turn around and stare right into the experience of effort or conflict or whatever it is, if you stare into it and drop the concept and meet what is intimately, engage with what is, the immediacy of what is, you only find the sun. Or you may find a deeper quality like at the heart of conflict is actually peace, which makes no sense, does it, to the mind? It seems so paradoxical. It seems so contrary to our programming, our conditioning, the stories we tell ourselves. So turn around, stare into the sun, so to speak. And yeah, there are kind of byproducts that can be found the byproducts of, you know, finding the sun ray, maybe not the absolute, but the sun ray, the byproducts of bliss. But bliss isn't like the, the final destination. There is no destination. The path is made of the destination. And this is why you don't need to walk a path. I mean, you can walk a path. This is not saying don't walk a path. Don't don't follow a practice. It's not saying don't do it. It's just saying you don't need to. All that's really required is to meet experience as it is. Maybe you experience yourself as a seeker or an individual, a person, a spiritual aspirant or whatever. You know, someone who's stuck. Maybe you experience yourself as any of that. And while you're walking the path, so to speak, or while you're inquiring, while you're meditating, while you're tuning into experience, how would it be instead to just be open, 
if you notice a certain identity arising, you use that as your point of inquiry. Tune into that, turn around, take off the labels. I am lost. That's a story. So glimpse what's beneath the story. Don't stay on the level of story because you'll just get more stories. Don't stay on the level of concepts because you'll just get more of the same. But use anything as your, as your doorway, as your entrance into truth, into the heart of what is. Any experience will do. Every experience is a portal. And like you said, this is more of a noticing of what already is. It's not about attaining anything. It's not about getting to a certain state. It's not about changing. It's just about noticing what already is true. What already is. So, yeah, dropping your ideas, seeing through beliefs and assumptions, that all helps. There's, there's a lot of mileage to be experienced in doing that. Not that it takes you anywhere. We're just noticing what already is now. We're not moving towards what is. We're just noticing what already is. Look closer. The seeker experience does not need to wake up because there's only wakefulness. The seeker is made of the sun, made of light. Yeah, so this unfoldment, this truth, truthing about truth, this way, this way, this way, what does it become about? When it's not about someone's progress, someone's attainment, someone's journey to completion from lack. It's, I think in some way, unsurprisingly, difficult to put into words because what you are is prior to language. But it's enjoyable to try. So what the unfolding, unknowing, unbinding process of truth seeing itself in this appearance, in this appearance, experiencing itself this way, in this way, that you could say it becomes this uh, just... <laughs> delicious basking in not knowing <laughs> what you previously thought to be true to the mind that seems terrifying <laughs> to the mind it's very uh, that's a threat that's a no a point of uh, it's dangerous to not know but I mean that might be from the mind's perspective, but from the perspective of what you are, it's heavenly. It is heaven. Freedom is so easily noticed when freedom doesn't have to look a certain way, when 
there isn't a clinging to conceptual knowledge when it's recognized that awareness has been looking for awareness this whole time that what you are is what you're looking for and what you are is what you're looking with it's like being a small child again again from the body's perspective there's just wonderment and fascination with oh because i don't know what this is and i don't know what i am what a miracle experiencing is what a joy it is to experience myself as anything at all oh what am i now that i've let go of this idea of myself oh what is this how can this shine how can i notice this uh greater appreciation of myself how can i honor myself more truly the greatest act or non-act of self-love is to not tell yourself reality what you are to have your truth shine through unconditioned for that deep knowing to be complete in itself and i say deep knowing it's not this again when we use words like deep knowing or shimmering radiance all of this stuff it's all to describe your experience right now it's not some other awareness some other field of experiencing it's deep it's shimmering it's radiant not because of some state that's acquired but in that those are the qualities that can seemingly be uncovered when we don't tell ourselves what we are when i don't say this is my room and i'm looking out at my backyard at a tree and i'm this person speaking into a microphone on a zoom call with my friend nick it's deep it's shimmering it's radiant because it is it's natural unconfined nature is recognized more clearly when the labels soften when authentic seeing seems to be taking place and authentic seeing is in truth always happening because the appearance of authentic seeing the appearance of clarity versus cloudiness versus confusion clarity and confusion you could say in some way um there are experiences too so it's it's yin and yang still i'm experiencing confusion now i'm experiencing clarity i'm experiencing confused seeing clouded seeing i'm experiencing authentic seeing they're both appearances within you they're both trying to describe 
the way that the texture of experience is showing up, but they don't actually describe experiencing. They don't actually describe the essence of what you are, but they do verify the truth of what you are in being the ground of this, the ground of this present presence, this here nowness. So any way that life unfolds is awakeness living itself authentically, is authentic living, because there's only authenticity. There's only the actuality of this. There's only life. Every texture is it. Every experience is made of truth. Yes, I love that. The greatest act of self-love is to not lie to yourself, to have your truth shine through unconditioned. And that self-love is, you know, true love. It's, it's the love of oneself, capital S. This is a pointer, and no, no pointer is absolute. But it's as if you love yourself so much, you've chosen to experience your potential. So like you said, every experience is made of truth. Every texture is it. And any way life unfolds is life knowing itself. Authentic seeing is always happening. The wakefulness is always present. And every experience is, a, is an opportunity, is an invitation to remember, not cognitively, not like you're remembering a vacation, but a deep remembrance of truth. Every texture, every experience is an invitation. It's, it's you, life, saying, use this, use this as a way in. Use this as a way to engage, as a way to love yourself. The greatest act of self-love is to not lie to yourself, to not be ignorant to your potential, to your fullness, to what you are beyond what you believe you are. So to have your truth shine through unconditioned and a byproduct of that is a greater appreciation for life. Like you said, to marvel in wonderment and fascination. What a miracle experiencing is. Even this experience. Even the experience you're having now. Even this. Especially this. You're showing yourself to yourself. Even through the ways that you conceal through the ways that you lie to yourself, that you are ignorant of yourself. Even those ways are actually ways that you reveal yourself. This makes no sense when we speak about it, but to conceal yourself, to depict yourself in any way, that can be as a body-mind or as it can be, it can be as an object. But to present yourself anyway, in a conceptual way, is to, to tell a half-truth or a partial truth about yourself. And in doing so, you, you conceal your totality. But in another sense, 
it's a way that you reveal a facet of your entirety. So you, you reveal yourself like you can't not because you are in every single expression, every single experience. You are to be found there. That's all experience is. It's awareness. It's God. It's reality. It's consciousness. It's that. That which has no second. That which every expression is. There's only that. So yeah. When this is not about progress. When this is not about an individual's progress. Or attainment. Then what is this? It's celebration. It's self-expression. It's exploration. It's adventure. The ordinary is seen to be extraordinary. And don't hear these pointers as platitudes. Hear them as invitations to inquire for yourself. This is not a teaching. This is a real-time inquiry. And you are invited, as always, to join us. So what's true now? What's here? Notice how the mind labels what's here. Labels what is. What's here is a table. What's here is a body. What's here is a phone. What's here is a mood. What's here is a memory. What's here is an anticipation. What's here is a seeker. Meet yourself where you are. Don't try to be someplace else, someone else. Don't try to change your experience. Don't try to make it more awake or enlightened or holy. Don't try to replicate a guru's experience. Just meet yourself where you are. What's, what's true now? What seems to be true? And what's actually true? What seems to be true? And what's actually true? What seems to be true is that there's a table in front of me. But what's actually true about this table appearance, because it's just an appearance. What's the truth of this appearance? Don't speculate. Just engage with this immediate isness, suchness. The mind is labeling table. And what is it if you don't call it a table? Isn't it just raw, sensing, alive, vibrant, vivid, sensing? So what seemed to be here was a table. What's really here is this raw, this rawness, unmediated, non-interpretive, experiencing. Experiencing is just a word, so... Drop the word experiencing, or awareness is just a word. Drop the word awareness. Then what is? What's true? There are no words, of course. There's just the isness, the suchness of experience, of life, of reality. What is reality? It's that which is real. There's only the real. This is the thing, there's only the real. Table is a partial truth. Table is not absolute, it's a relative 
truth. It's not an absolute truth. Because if I chop it up, it's no longer a table. So table is, it can't be its final nature. If I burn the wood, then what is it then? It's not wood. Wood isn't absolute. But what the wood is, is absolute. You are not a body. Because body is a relative truth, a partial truth, not an absolute one. But what the body truly is, is without limits, is eternal. And it's appearing this way, it's appearing as a body. Appearing, that's a key word in this exploration. It's appearing as a table in the relative dream. So if this is not about someone's progress, if this is not about achieving a certain state, then it's just seeing truth. It's just seeing truth. Celebrating the infinite potential of truth. <laughs>